0: Welcome to The Dead Format, episode 71. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight by my co-host, Legacy veteran Thomas Smiley, and we're going to talk about Legacy.
1: We're all Legacy veterans on this day. We made it through the the Great War. Which war? The Great War on Legacy, brought to you by SCG and the internet. I'm just kidding, everybody. (laughs) Fucking SCG made a good decision for their business. It's not going to affect Legacy much. There's a few Ooh. things we're going to talk about, but the sky's not falling, come on. Coming out shooting, bro. I just, I, uh the internet was aflame. Like, man, SCG isn't going to have their one and a half events. <laughs> They're going to do the thing that only happens twice a year instead of three. Come on now.
0: Yeah, the, the big thing, in my opinion, is the teams not having legacy seats. I think that the classics that accompanied the team opens being Legacy. You know, I think that's sort of a legitimate gripe that they, they won't just fire a Legacy classic, but, you know, whatever. Like, my initial reaction was, like, uh, you know, my stomach was like, ah, oh, shit, stomach dropped a little. And within less than five minutes, I was just on mono fuck em, you know? Like, I, I just don't care.
1: I I think the biggest thing it's going to affect is the SCGs used to be like the pre-Grand Prix check-in on the actual meta, see what's going on, and see what happens in paper. And those just won't be around anymore. True. I mean, Pioneer coming in, who couldn't see that Legacy was going to get dropped from team events? I love the fact that SCG pushed it for so long, but that's a decision they had to make. And for everybody that's like, I'm never spending another dollar at SCG ever again. Y'all like, I, I haven't spent a dollar at SCG in like five years. I buy stuff on Facebook groups and most people do too. So it's not like it matters. I'm never spending any money at SCG. Well, like you didn't. So I don't know. It doesn't who matter.
0: Did, honestly. I mean, if you needed a cyborg card or something, you give them a couple bucks when you were at the airport. right.
1: Like you, you, you go to SCGs, right? and if you need last minute cards you buy from them but otherwise you come with other stuff and the turnover of them being able to buy cards and just having a web presence that draws people to their website from their articles is their business model legacy players haven't been buying from them in a really long time right and everybody's mad at SCG when SCG's like we're doing what's best for our business and they're like, but we want legacy. And they're like, but I don't even have your email address on fucking file for you buying <laughs> cards. Why am I ever going to fucking listen to you?
0: No, that's true, man. I don't know.
1: That's, that's my take.
0: And it did seem pretty obvious to me with, with regards to the team opens because Modern draws the most players, like, in absolute sense. Even though, you know, the numbers are slipping from where they used to be, it still turns out the highest number of players. And... Even if standard does turn out lower than legacy, nobody has a standard deck, and if you do, you don't for very long. Like by the next event, you need a new one. So everybody and you buy shows them from up, SCG. Yeah, like you buy you don't buy a thousand dollars worth of cards from SCG because their prices are awful. But you do buy seventy dollars worth of cards day of cyborg cards, and
1: then trade cards in exactly. Like, there's no way that SCG is ever going to drop standard because standard has the highest turnover of cards. And exactly. they, don't, they don't make money based off of the price they sell the card for. They, base, they make money based off of, like, how much they turn the card over. And in Standard, man, turnover's quick. And Pioneer so, is basically
0: that right now, too, even probably to a higher degree at first.
1: Well, Pioneer took the dead, flaccid backstock of SCG and turned it into a raging hard-on exactly. that is now jizzing value out into the internet.
0: And it's going to be rotating like crazy. Yeah, it's gonna and it's like rotating. I mean, we just have more bands today. Like, it's it's gonna be a rotating format at first. So it's it's just money for them. It's straight money. There's no way that they would have supported Legacy. I, I did think that there was a chance that we hung on to the classics, though. That that's the one aspect that disappoints me. But
1: well, this is the thing. Like with a positive community feedback about their decision, maybe they would have thrown us a classic or two. But I felt like the SCG Con focus on it twice a year, the fact that they were like, listen, our SCG Cons are going to be the legacy event, and we're going to prize it well, that was a very reasonable take. And I don't know. Like, there's. Yeah. I felt like that was a very, very reasonable take, even if it's in fucking Richmond Do you or, think Roanoke. Roanoke, sorry, not Richmond. The do shitty Virginia city. Do you see Virginia yourself city. going to one of those? I can't ever do the winter, but maybe the summer. Okay. I mean, like the the next shoe to drop, right? Is everybody's like, all right, SCG dropped it, but maybe there's going to be a Grand Prix. <laughs> maybe we get one more. Maybe maybe Watsy won't drop Legacy in support of Pioneer, their new baby mama. I'm sorry, everybody, but, like, we might get one, but Europe's been cut back, Japan's been cut back, the United States has been lucky, but I think we're next.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see one, I also wouldn't be surprised to see zero.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to see one, and then we'll see what happens next year. Yeah. But, again, it's the turnout, right? Like, every Legacy player is like, yeah, I can't wait for the Legacy Grand Prix, and they're like, oh man, my kid's got a football game, I can't make it. Or like, ah, oh, I gotta mow the lawn. <laughs> like, yeah. legacy players have the biggest flake out rate because they actually have real lives. Hundred percent. And, uh, yeah, it happens.
0: Yeah, and there's, you know, there's not really the incentives. Although they did add fractional invites, I guess. So, so there is sort of an incentive for grinding again. But legacy players, if there's one legacy grand prix, they're not going to be grinding. You know what I mean? It's not going to be like a, a sort of compulsory attendance rate. Like, like we used to have so uh, if we do have a legacy grand prix it'll probably draw you know 1100 or whatever and that's that's that
1: but it will be the best time of the year for legacy players to go hang out with everybody else like get in touch with the people who you play with online all the time and talk to and it's it'll just be kind of like another eternal weekend
0: yeah and one thing that you said that we've probably discussed On the cast before, I'm sure we have, but when I was talking one day, uh, Ben Blondweiss was at an event. It was the Invitational that we went to in New Jersey. And he was talking to Sam Pardee uh, about West Coast star cities. You know, Sam was asking him, are you ever going to go back to the West Coast? Uh, He was asking about some California cities and talking about, you know, how how big the player base was, et cetera. And he's like, you know... Whatever it is about you guys on the West Coast, you just don't sell cards, and you know that's how that's how we make money. You know, the, the, this whole tour, the whole television aspect of it, the coverage, the, the the entrance fees basically are just to cover you know the venue and some of the pricing, and and the other vendors there are also to cover the venue, but the whole thing is just built up. This this huge built up tour of buying cards. That's what it really is, and that's how they make their money.
1: Absolutely, and people I completely don't, agree with people you. People don't
0: understand it. And, and I mean, it's not like uh, you can even disagree because this is coming from Ben. You know, like this is Pete, Pete Hoffling, and, and Ben Bloneways. This is how they see it. So it's just like a fact, you know. And people, it's like you can tell people that, and then they forget it like five minutes later. It's the fucking weirdest thing. It's like goldfish.
1: Yeah, it's because they're too busy watching the coverage, yeah. which is outstanding for SCGs, but that's the reason why people want to go to them. Yes. So,
0: Alright, uh, we should we should get our intro stuff out of the way, because we're already into the thick of it. I wanted to shout out real quick the last Pro Tour this past weekend. Uh, didn't, uh, I didn't watch any of it, but... I know it was standard and draft, and I know our boy Truckus two won the first draft and made it to day two. So I just wanted to holler at him. He worked pretty hard on the draft part. I say, I say worked pretty hard. He was enjoying himself, but uh, I'm proud of him for that. Uh, really awesome job, nice showing, and yeah, I didn't watch any of it, and I think an Oko deck probably won.
1: Yeah, neither did I. From every everything that I've been exposed to. It seems like Standard's miserable. And uh it's not a place that I want to be or watch.
0: Yep. So Plus like
1: you have two winners that like won and played in the next MC and then are just like gone.
0: Yeah, that's true. So
1: it's I don't know.
0: Who was it Eli Loveman or some somebody?
1: There were there were like two of them back to back that won. Yeah. And then we're off then we're off by the next one. Yeah. And it's just an indictment of the just everything about the high level organized play going on right now
0: yeah and it seems like they might have fixed it with this fractional invite announcement but i'm so far removed from understanding it that i've just pretty much given up like i'm i'm not gonna think about you know like oh is this person make the train if this happens or that happens like if I happen to spike a, a GP or some random thing like that happens, then I'll think about it. But for now, it's just like this thing that doesn't concern me at all, which is so right, weird. Like, do, like does it ago.
1: does it even matter? Not like, so I don't me. care about it if my friend if it affects my friends. Right. Like, right. I hope it works out well for Mike for Mike, and a few other people. But like, I I don't have real life time to be able to spend on following this. So that's
0: it. Yeah, man. And it kind of sucks, because I did used to care about it. I mean, this is going back a little little while, but I I was always excited for Pro Tour Weekends.
1: Yeah, but, like, when was the last time? It's got to be more than a year for me.
0: Yeah, it's probably... Like,
1: (sighs) pre-Arena.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of the last set, man. It was definitely post-Eldrazi Winter, but... I
1: don't know. Aldrazi Winter was like 2015.
0: I believe it was the first Grand Prix of 2016. But yeah.
1: Okay. Sorry. It was it was close. Yeah. That was close. That was a long time ago. Yeah. It really. I, was. I got more excited about playing Magic. Sorry. I got more excited about going to going to buy a rug for my dining room before Thanksgiving today than I have about playing anything other than Legacy in a long time.
0: Are you hosting yes. for Thanksgiving?
1: Yeah, we oh we've been hosting for a while, but now we have the new place, so getting everything set.
0: Sweet. Well, I hope you got a good rug, man.
1: We we got a good rug. <laughs> we got two people coming home from uh from Ohio, so hopefully there's no racism that gets rubbed all over the rug.
0: <laughs> so, are you gonna do a uh, mystery booster draft at your Thanksgiving?
1: Nope. No. I mean, it just it, doesn't it just seem like they figured out a way to just reprint a whole bunch of stuff with some crappy white face cards that didn't have to pay for artwork on and sell them for a bunch of money
0: bro it's fucked like i i actually because i just happened to check twitter at the right time i was watching the stream when they opened the mystery booster and i hadn't followed this at all i don't know where you guys heard about this initially but it had come up a couple times on the cast like i think marcus brought it up and someone else and you were talking about it
1: I had heard about the mystery set pre-release but like okay love the person that did the coverage for the stream but can you do something other than hey let's just get a dude with a cell phone camera yeah. and like videotape it like you're a 12 year old trying to get 10 youtube views opening packs
0: bro I was beat and honestly like the the disappointment level was just like off the charts when when people started opening like you know dragons of tarkir uh chaff and and pharaoh's chaff and whatever like in their packs it was it was just like just overwhelming sadness because there was this sort of hype and i i I wasn't really in that hype until you know 10 minutes before the thing then i was like oh this is cool man i wonder what's going to be in these packs right could get something for legacy could be who knows you know what sick reprint or whatever but it was the opposite of that man it was you know what we
1: got we got a green black 4-4 flying vigilance for five
0: yeah it's fucking trash
1: (laughs) i'm sorry i'm just in like a really negative mood today
0: yeah no it's fine you know maybe some people will enjoy it i love draft and I, I just don't want to draft this anyway. But because,
1: why, like, why wouldn't you just like draft a cube, right? Why not? Why not put out a gold bordered cube for people to buy for however much money for Christmas? Like, give people what they want.
0: That's kind of what I thought it, it might be. It might be like a a gold bordered Modern Masters set. You know, not like not like a Force of Wills or anything that's going to encourage proxy events in the future, but.
1: Well, you know what? You know what's going to encourage proxy events? Not supporting the format. Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, started out there. I just want to do real quick shout out the Hackbert, our buddy down in the desert, out in the desert, down and out in the desert. Uh what's what's it called? Arizona um, Eternal Magic. Eternal Magic. They're having their year-long sort of invitational final tournament. Uh, they're streaming it on twitch and yeah this is this is the sort of thing that uh you know we're a community now right like we're uh we're plugging each other
1: yeah and i think this is what's going to happen more frequently in the future where you're going to see pockets of local legacy and it's not going to be as like well defined as the old school pockets where people have teams but I think it's gonna be much more regionally based now. Yeah. And to be honest, that's a good thing, in my mind.
0: Yeah, it could be. So that's uh Saturday at two PM Eastern is when they're streaming that event. Just want to uh Arizona Eternal Magic on Twitch and check it out. So yeah, back to the SCG cutting legacy decision. This was I don't know what day it was, Tuesday or Wednesday of last week, probably Wednesday of last week, that they made the announcement. And they just got shit on, you know, on Twitter and on the Facebook groups that that we're a part of and Discord and whatever else. But, you know, Twitter is probably where they, they saw the main number of reactions, I would say. And we've got people calling to boycott the format now. We've got people... You know, blaming the reserve list for this—that—that's uh, a you know one of the popular ones. And one thing that I keep thinking about, it, like with regard to this, the reserve list chatter specifically, is when you said that Watsy's main competitor is themselves. And when you said that, I was like, yeah, that's true, man. But since you said that, I've thought more about it, and it just becomes more true the more I think about it.
1: Yeah, I've been I've been off for a while, but sometimes I say some smart things. It, like it really is. I think Lawrence was talking about this on Twitter about how like legacy players prided themselves on not having to buy cards from WotC, and in my mind, it wasn't really about that. It was about more more about a slow moving format where the time you put in lasts longer than it does in standard. And you have a little bit more time to be able to adjust. And it, it really, it really became evident to Watsy, I'm sure, that this is a format that really didn't make them a ton of money. And I, I don't want to say that those formats aren't going to get a ton of love, but they're not going to get a ton of love.
0: Yeah, it's just a fact. And we, we've hashed this out on our other Reserve List episodes, so I, I feel like everybody probably knows where we stand. Honestly, they probably heard where we stand and sort of forgot it and attributed the, the worst possible of motives to us because it's time to bash the reserve list. But, you know, we were playing back then when the reserve list was created. We understand the genius of it in terms of, you know, Watsy staying alive as a company and Magic staying as a living card game. So we don't need to rehash all this, but it just, it is what it is, you know? And, and getting mad about it is basically yelling at the at the sky, right? I mean, it's, nothing's going to happen. And there's this element of like, y- you ever see like the dog that's flipping out trying to get out, get out of the fence, but there's a hole in the fence, like two feet to its right and it could just run out if it wanted to, but it's acting like uh. it's imprisoned. Sure, okay. That's what I see, man, when I see people complaining about the reserves, like, just play proxy events. Like, if you're like, oh, Wizards, you need to print us gold border cards, man. Like, just fucking make your own gold border cards, dude. Like, why are you begging a corporation to fix this problem for you? Like, that's like big millennial energy right there. Like, I I just don't feel that at all. I don't want
1: to, I don't want to, like, blame it on, blame it on a generation, but, um... If you if you want to play a format, you'll find a way to play a format. It doesn't matter about the company.
0: Yeah, right? it, it it really doesn't matter if the events are sanctioned or not. I mean, you know, it's cool to have them sanctioned, and it's cool to play with real cards, you know. But it's it's also if you if you just want to play Legacy, then just fucking play Legacy, you know. Like you don't need Wizards. So I don't know. A lot of a lot of what's been going through my mind the past seventy two hours. Nate Golia, our boy Nate, started a poll about what would it take to get you to come to, I believe it was Austin for a tournament. And, you know, it had me thinking again, it, this has been a recurring theme of our podcast for a long time. It's like, what do you look for in events, right? Like, what what's important to you in an event?
1: I know exactly what's important to me. What's that? Okay, so one is an event that people care about watching and two... That I know people who are going to that are going to have a like that I can travel with that are going to have a good time where there's good food and uh alcohol. Like that's that's really that's really it. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Yeah. You, you give, it. give
1: me a big event that people are going to with people who I'm going to enjoy being around and uh and I'll be there. So that's it that is
0: it and you know there's how far away the event is how easy it is to get to the city those are all parts of the calculus right like how how cool is the city right like i mean if it's in the middle of nowhere there's going to be nothing to do there you know maybe you find a good place to eat maybe your friends are going but it is cool to go to new places or exciting places right like there is some lure to the the city that you're going to but really it's about having a, 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 to me. At this point in my life, it's about having a good time with the friends that I'm with, and you mentioned streaming. That's a big part part of it too, to me, and it, it's definitely an incentive to go into the tournament. You know, I I just love yeah, playing. Yeah, coverage
1: coverage matters absolutely for sure,
0: and not just coverage, but good coverage, right? Like that's that's there's this question of legitimacy too. Like going to a tournament, you know some some duel for duels or whatever It's like, one state over or something. You can go because the prizes are good and you you might go with a couple of your friends, but if it's not streamed and there's no deck list that go up, it's kind of like it didn't happen afterwards, right?
1: Yeah, but, I mean, deck lists are, like, so easy to put up now that, like, deck lists are going to happen. The streaming can be medium, but it's just, as long as there's, like, something that you can go back and watch at the end to make it feel like Hey, I was there and I did this. I think a lot of people are looking for that feeling.
0: I think deck so. lists matter too, man. Like, you know. yeah,
1: but like you, anybody can email MTG Top Eight. Like, yeah. I can email MTG Top Eight and be like, "Hey, I had this. I had this twenty-nine person event here. Are my Top Eight deck lists." Yeah, I'm not. I like. I'm not going to do that, but anybody can do that.
0: They can, yeah, but not everybody does. And that's okay. that's sort of a, a very low bar that people should be clearing, yeah. You know?
1: Right. Like you could you could have ten people over your house to crack a bottle of like crack a bottle of whiskey and play Legacy and play for I don't know, some prizes, maybe a trophy of Buffalo Chicken, and and you can throw the deckless up on MTG Top Eight. Like It gives people a feeling of accomplishment. It lets people play the format. You get to hang out with the people who you want to hang out with. And it's, I don't know, I feel like that's where we're going.
0: Yeah. And really, a a big part of this question to me has been just this sort of overarching question of like, what is cool? Because we're seeing people talking about selling out of the format now. We're talking about people saying, you know, the format's gonna die or whatever, and honestly, like, get out, you know, just please sell your cards, get out of the format if, if you're if you're gonna bring that energy because like, that's not cool. Like, I, I this is probably the least cool thing you can do, but I actually looked up "cool" today, uh, oh you know, yeah, in the dictionary, and there, there's a lot no. of yeah, there's a lot of results for this man, so. Wikipedia has it as desirable, calm, and confident perception of autonomy uh, following one's own motivations. And I think that's perfect, man. Like, I don't own these fucking cards because someone else does or, or you know, because I'm relying on some corporation to have some event so I can play them in. Like, I want to own these cards, you know? Like, this is this is my own fucking thing, and I just enjoy playing this format. And I would... Dude, I played Magic twice in the past week. It was with one friend playing old school and with four friends playing old school. Like, we just fucking met up, had some beers, played some fucking old school, and that was a blast, man. That's how I'm engaging with Magic. And that's, like, that's that's all I need, really. Like, yeah, tournaments are cool, and I, I do want to do some stuff, like, get some tournaments going and, you know, work together as a community. But ultimately, like, I'm comfortable with the the decisions that i've made so far and fuck you know it is what it is right
1: well i completely disagree with the definition of cool from the dictionary <laughs> i when i was in 4th grade i i got my first cd player first cd player and you know what two albums i bought
0: uh miles davis kind of blue and i'm trying to think of what else was big when you were a
1: okay kid. no that that would be that would be outstanding. Uh, I bought oh, Led Zeppelin, MC hammers. Led Zeppelin just come out. You right? you can't touch this. And Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby. And you know what? It was cool. I had MC hammer pants in fourth grade. And if you want to tell me that I was being autonomous and making my own decisions when I decided to buy hammer pants, you are absolutely out of your mind. So I I think that... that Cool has definitely more of a cultural aspect, where it's more of a following, rather than people making their own decisions. No. So, like, what See,
0: what is cool?
1: It's not it's not that definition.
0: Well, I mean, it's obviously totally subjective, but you were doing that because MC Hammer was cool, not because you were cool. That's that's the big difference, right? Okay. And I, so, if somebody's
1: cool because they make their own decisions and make up their own mind about things, like how are the sheep going to follow
0: the sheep follow because they, they see the coolness and they follow it. Like that's the whole point. Like we need to have cool events in my opinion, like the shit that we do needs to be cool. Like it just needs to be doing our own thing. Not, not whining, not boycotting shit, not, not crying to SCG, not, not threatening to not spend money with corporation XYZ or You know, thinking back about the good old days, playing fucking Remember When. You know, Remember When is just the the lowest form of conversation. All right.
1: So the Dead format is going to start a cool tournament series. How do you do that?
0: I mean, that's a great question, man. And that's that's what I've been thinking about. (sighs) I think that having, I think that a lot of what Leaving Legacy is doing right now is great like they have this partnership with Michelle. I think having a vendor at an event is huge. It Adds a huge amount of legitimacy to to the event. And having your own prize, your own trophy that's customizable, isn't that I think those guys are doing that I think is awesome. Having pictures and having coverage, right? They they're doing every fucking round of coverage. And you know, they're not they're not STG, but every pretty much every LAL Open has gotten better, right? The coverage is, is slowly getting better, I would say. And okay. we're, we're starting to figure it out. And I think that, honestly, who's doing better than them right now?
1: Like tournament-wise?
0: Yeah, like like regional legacy tournament-wise.
1: So you could say the CFB events on the West Coast.
0: Okay. You could... Card Kingdom, for sure.
1: Um, when they were doing say the... Nerd Rage Gaming, okay, in what is it, Minneapolis? I thought they now, were I in don't Chicago. Their, I don't, I don't know what their turnouts are like. Okay, but for a suburban, like local game store tournament series, they're doing an outstanding job. Remember, and I uh, love those events. Remember,
0: South Florida Magic used to do those.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard anything from them in in, in quite a. For a while. I Me mean, neither, but I used to watch
0: those sometimes, man. With uh Danto, I think his name was, and the other dude. You used to watch the coverage. Yep.
1: And that matters, right? Oh like, yeah. Like you get you get your local group, but the coverage is what pulls in people to say like, wow, I want to travel to Acton to like have have a, a event and then a drinking night and then a, a second event on Sunday. Like that's what that's what people want right? Oh yeah, absolutely. They, they want like a vacation from their life. They want to go somewhere, play cards, hang out with their friends, do it again, go home. Yeah. That's what, it, that's what it's going to take to get me to an event.
0: Oh, hundred percent, bro. And there's this maxim I like to talk about in sociology, you know, people behave a certain way. You can say, Oh, people are likely to do this. People are likely to, you know, keep eating this thing or keep voting this way or whatever until they don't, and then that, that no longer is true. But one maxim that's always been true throughout the course of human history is that intergroup conflict promotes intro-group solidarity. And that's one big thing with old school that I think is a, is a benefit that old school has over legacy right now is because it was formed from the ground up, we have all these, all these groups, all these little cliques, like regional stuff, and there's at least 20, there's probably 50 of them in the U.S. or more, where you have your little clique and then you go visit someone else's clique and, like, you're represented, you know, you have your set. And it's like, you know, the 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 Beasts of the Bay or the, the Lords of the Pit or the Tundra Wolves or, you know, the Watertown Elementals. And you, you just rep and you know, you, you go check out each other's spaces, and, you know, it's it's all in good fun. Like, it's not like there's fights breaking out or something. It's it's like these friendly rivalries that develop.
1: The well, only- that, that used to be like the local game store environment, where like, you would have your local F&M store, and then you would play in a bigger event, and you would see like the competition. You would see the store that wasn't your local, but was close. And it... I feel like the the old school sort of clickiness is just what standard used to be at the local game stores, which is great, right? Like you have like a small sense of community linking up to a bigger, like a, a bigger, whatever. But
0: you think legacy can get there. I don't know, man. I I really don't. I hope so. It, it's weird because legacy, maybe at a time it was grassroots, I've I've, from what I've heard from people who were playing in the aughts, it kind of was grassroots and there was like Syracuse had a scene, you know, you hear about that or like Binghamton or, you know, other places, Worcester. Like I,
1: I remember starting up the legacy events in Salem and it like it had had a bunch of great people. I met some awesome people through it. But now, I mean, there's like, there's more legacy podcasts and legacy events. So I don't, know, I don't know if we're ever going to be in a, a spot where it's local again, right?
0: Well, dude, one thing that I think is interesting about what you just said, there are a whole bunch of legacy podcasts, and there are a whole bunch of people that listen to legacy podcasts. And I think because we've had this like top-down community for a long time, if we're going to build a bottom-up community uh, again, that podcasts might be a great jumping-off point, right? I mean, like, the Leaving the Legacy Open is doing great. And that, you know, a big reason for that is promotion through the podcast. And if podcasts had their own branded events, that, that's a great way to advertise the event and get people to come out. And then if we talk about the events afterwards, you know, it lends legitimacy to it. So I think that maybe if we're past having these regional alliances, then maybe even these podcast alliances can help build that up.
1: I completely agree, and I know that we are we're involved in a few chats that we're talking about what could we all do, but it, it does definitely seem like we're all trying to like trying to recreate what leaving a legacy already did. Yep. And I I don't mean for that to be like an indictment of our podcast because I have been told that from fucking multiple people, <laughs> but the the whole idea of all right let's start like a tournament series. It's great, but like, what what makes it unique? How do you unite it? How do you take something that's grassroots and turn it into something with as much excitement as the SCG tour, right? Like, that's hard to do. And I, I don't know if that's able to be recreated. And I think that's what people are pissed the most about. Like, SCG had amazing coverage, they had great casters. They had great talent coming to play. And them cutting support of legacy, you lose all of that for the format. And I understand that like there's a chance it's better. The meta will move slower, it's less defined. People can play what they want to play longer. But the quality of coverage and the talent that SCG brought that's what people are so angry about because man, it
0: was good. I'm going to go off on a quick tangent. All right. It, the the production quality was good and still is good. The caster quality, man, like it was a ama- It was the best when they had Cedric and Patrick. And I wish I could remember the dude who started their production. I can't think of his name right now, but he really hit a fucking home run with all the decisions that he made with, with regard to the way that they ran their coverage. And I believe he's left since, but uh, Evan Irwin was a big part of it too. And I I do think it's gone downhill a bit, like with, with the the teams that they have now. And it doesn't feel like it did. Right. But it's still, it's still like head and shoulders above the competition.
1: And even Watsi was trying to recreate what they could do on scg with their coverage team and they haven't been able to so i think that was just like that was just such a perfect pairing where they complemented each other that it um it it's going to be impossible to recreate that team so people should like stop comparing everybody to said and patrick because it's not going to happen again
0: yeah i agree with that it's you know it's too much to ask and you don't ever want to you know recreate something exactly you want to do your own thing and we talked a little bit when zach was on about doing coverage ourselves and honestly like if i go to an event i i kind of want to play in it so i have a lot of respect for the people who don't play in the event but broadcast it and you know maybe that's something that that we have to do at some point also i
1: would much i'd much rather cast an event right now
0: that's wild man
1: yeah Okay. But like I, I like if it's a huge event with a bunch of prestige on the line for like how you do, I, I'm not gonna say oh no, no 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 I'd rather cast it, but if it's a smaller event where a bunch of people are gonna be watching, I want to try it, absolutely. Okay. So.
0: Cool man. Yeah, maybe it'll happen. I just uh, having bad casters sometimes is is a real big turnoff, you know? Like, I've tuned into plenty of streams and events where I just, after five minutes, I'm like, nope, this person's, you know, repeating these cliche things or keeps saying the same phrase over and over or is making some inside joke or has some, you know, sort of nerd culture tick that I can't stand, so... Like, bad casters are really bad, and... There's not, you know, it's not an easy thing to do. It's, it's pretty hard to find good casters, but I think that that's one thing that, that really could benefit this community if we have some great casters casting.
1: True. I think, like, more regular, consistent events would definitely help as well. Like, yeah. the community was really at its peak when Legacy was every Sunday. Right? Absolutely. So, I, I think it's not just great casters great whatever it's uh it's consistency and like a focal point for the community and that's that's what we lost yes RIP.
0: absolutely and you know like a little bit of rivalry and and building up personalities that's another great thing that SCG did like they had you know their leaderboard, and they had their regulars that were showing up every week, and you know you you sort of became fans. There were some some heels and some some people that you wanted to root for, and you know that's the kind of thing that gets people invested individually. And there
1: there haven't like there haven't been a ton of heels lately though. Like, didn't it seem like all of the heels were just blatant cheaters that everybody fucking hated because they were scum
0: yeah i mean that's true i I can think of a few uh todd stevens comes to mind rudy brixa maybe
1: uh yeah
0: (laughs) uh okay but like uh what's uh hoogland was one of them right yeah i mean
1: hoogland's fine he was kind of an asshole on stream but fuck it he showed up to an event in an owl costume and then he told Watsy that he didn't want to be any part of this arena fucking promotional bullshit, <laughs> and it blew up in his face. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Sorry, Hoogs.
0: He's a heel for sure, but yeah. You know, just that that kind of energy and that kind of community. Like it's all about, and community is a word that gets thrown around way too much, and it, it can mean nothing, right? Like a lot of times people talk about the legacy community, like. The legacy community to me is me and my friends, you know, like it's, it's the people that I'm going to travel to events with the people that I'm, I'm really close with the people that I want to spend time with. And dude, I went to gaming center on Saturday to play old school with some people and there was a standard, like a legitimate PTQ, like the, the winner was going to the, the pro tour or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. And there was like, I don't know, 20 players there, I would say but i was like looking at them and i was like man i just i just wouldn't do this like it, nobody looked like they were having fun it was a lot of like five mile stairs bags under the yeah. eyes like
1: yo twenty twenty 20 person ptq yeah i mean honestly like Two- i might
0: not want to do it but
1: three or four years ago if there was a 20 person straight ptq i'd probably be there
0: yeah and they had two judges you know it was like a serious thing but there weren't many players but i was just oh, like
1: speaking speaking of community ian the other ian the awesome australian judge uh just shipped wizards ridge uh no widget ridge his kickstarted game that i got in the mail i'm really happy and excited to play it sweet so i just wanted to say that cool yeah, he, continue, w- continue. he was not
0: there. But um no, it was just like nobody looked like they were having fun. You know, there was no like friendly banter interaction. It's not like you heard people laughing or even even getting animated, like getting angry or whatever. Like it just wasn't. It wasn't a good energy, and I was like, okay, I don't really care about qualifying right now, so I wouldn't play in this event anyway. But It just doesn't look like fun. It doesn't look like something I want to do. And what I'm looking for at this point in my life, and like, I don't, I don't even have kids yet. Like, you know, this isn't like, uh, I'm an MTG dad now and I don't have time for this. I could, I could actually swing this shit, but it's just like, what's, what's the fucking point of it all if, if it's not to have fun, right?
1: I mean, I, I agree with that, but like, I, I don't know. The, the, I'm going to do this until I reach my goal mentality, which is a great mentality to have in real life, but it's the grinder mentality in magic where like, I'm going to play in every PTQ until I qualify. I'm going to play in every whatever until I reach what I want to reach. It's like this great attitude. If you apply it to any other phase of your life. But if you're spending every weekend for six months to try to qualify for a pro tour that you're going to go three and five in, just because you, I don't know, it, like set your own dreams, do what you want. But man, I feel like people have realized that like the future in professional magic just isn't really, it's not really there, right? It's yeah, not a thing. I think
0: that's absolutely the case. Bro, It's it's true though. And like... I don't know it, it's the, the prizes do matter too right like having something on the line having people being serious about playing because like this is something that comes up a lot like I'm not gonna meet up with people to to fucking play EDH or even like other formats if people aren't taking it seriously right like there has to right be...
1: but like the prizes of these PTQs doesn't even matter
0: Oh yeah, right? no. I'm, t- I'm talking about like, the legacy. Like they're events not now. even prized. Agreed. But like, I actually have no idea if they're prized or not. But with with regard to the legacy events, right? Like, the prize pool just has to be there, right? I don't really care if you know the entry fee is thirty or forty dollars, or the prize is two k or three k. Like, I'm not doing the math on that shit. Just as long as there are prizes, right? And like the unique prizes and the coverage and the friends and all that stuff that has to be there right like that's that's like the uh i don't know like i'm trying to to pinpoint exactly what the relationship is of prizes to to how much i care but i'm not traveling
1: I i feel like you have to you have to feel like you can win your entry fee and travel expenses like if you do really well yeah. You can at least make some money, right? right? Yeah. Like you're not going to play in a fifty dollar event where top prize is a hundred dollars. Like that's just not that's not reasonable. So the balance between how much you pay and how much you have to pay for travel, like, needs to work out in your mind. Yeah. At least in my mind.
0: That's a great point. And this the other sort of issue I wanted to bring up was. The the people that are saying they're gonna sell out of the format, the sort of we've been in this drift now for like eighteen months of prices actually drifting down on reserve list stuff, like
1: the But but really? Like, honestly, legacy affects that stuff way less than Commander does.
0: Yeah, I don't know about that, man. Like <sighs> There's certain cards that's absolutely the case for, and there's certain cards that's less the case for, in my opinion. Okay,
1: let's say Dual Lands, not Tabernacle.
0: Do uh, you per- think
1: Legacy sets the price of Dual Lands, not Commander?
0: No. Beca- so the, the sort of. This is all fucking weird to me because. Think about, like, Collector's Edition Underground Sea.
1: Or okay. any Dual
0: Land. Right now. They're completely flat. Revised and collectors edition on any dual land are about the same price. Like plateau collectors editions higher because it's got the old R, right? But across the board, like you're talking about, you know, underground sea or whatever, we're talking about the exact same price. Are those? Yeah. Is that commander players buying those cards?
1: The collectors edition. Yeah. I I feel like the reason why people are buying collectors edition. Is because they're speculating that eventually collector's edition will be tournament legal.
0: I mean, that could be the case, I guess. That that could be some of it, but I, I mean, I think a lot of it was when they were cheaper was old school players, because I've seen a lot of that, where people needed to get these dual lands, and you know, a playset of Underground Seas was fifteen hundred or five hundred if you bought CE, and that's what they would do. But like, it hasn't been like that for a while. Right, and like, like You
1: brought plateau up as an example and right. like that, but it, it doesn't matter with plateau. Right.
0: Right. And I don't know, man, I, I'm really, the, the whole commander thing is just so weird to me because they're irrational actors by definition. Right. Like why the fuck are they buying real cards for their fake format?
1: Like this shit. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Proxy based legacy. You're talking about, Oh, we can just run like proxy based tournaments that's a fake format, right. right yeah i uh uh, I don't want to get into this. what are you saying? like I don't want to call anything fake
0: no, you know what I mean I, uh, sorry, fake was probably a bad choice of words, but uns- Casual? yeah, casual there you go uh, necessarily unsanctioned, right and like there's no there's no community guidelines around this stuff there's no like. Oh, you have to be playing with real cards or whatever. Like, I, I just I don't understand why people would need a real underground sea for Commander. So, in that. Because
1: people are going to bitch at them if they don't have it.
0: Is that what it is? Like, that, that's why I, I don't understand, like, the irrational actors. Or is it like you, you go to a big event to play Commander and you have to be playing with real cards?
1: No, I, I feel like if you're playing in a local group and you play your proxy underground sea, everybody at the table's like, yeah, fuck you, you don't have that card.
0: Yeah, but, like, why wouldn't you just get fakes at that point? Like, if nobody's going to be pulling it out of the sleeve or something. Or why wouldn't you get CE at that point, you know?
1: Because CE is just as expensive as Revised.
0: Right, right, at this point it is. But, like, up until this point. And maybe the Commander demand is higher now because the CE prices have reached the Revised prices. I don't know. Like, maybe... I I
1: think think there's just way more Commander players than Legacy players.
0: Well, I mean, I think that that's a fact, but... I just don't know. I, I don't know. The only Commander players that I know use fake cards. So I, I I guess that's coloring my opinion because I don't know the other Commander players. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me.
1: Okay. I'm sorry, I have to edit up me eating Funyuns, but I'm fucking hungry.
0: <sighs> yeah, like, it's the, they just seem like irrational actors to me, so I can't say, like, what, what percentage of what is them. And also, like, used to hear about commander all the fucking time. Like from when I got back into the game, like from like about a year after that, like 2014, I'll say until like 2017, it felt like commander was just all anybody ever talked about. And now I I don't hear about it. And I don't know if that's me, like my own little bubble that I've made, or if it's sort of gotten less popular as a format. I don't know. What's your read on that?
1: Well, you could like throw on the tinfoil hat and say, the reason why you haven't heard it talked about more is because wotc doesn't want to promote it more as a format because it's another one of those formats where they don't make money from it
0: i think that they do i mean with the commander decks and stuff they're, they're sort of rotating they do
1: it the format, they do it right? once a year they're starting to do it more
0: or like Battle with the Bomb release of all the new
1: sets conspiracy. like they're going to be doing more commander stuff but i mean mostly it was people going through like local game stores old card binders pulling out twenty five and fifty cent rares that spiked to fifteen dollars because of commander right
0: yeah there was that organic phase but I feel like we're we're past any sort of growth phase in commander and this is totally just my read on it just like my taking the temperature of of scenes and whatever like the the peripheral stuff that I bump into the, the players who are playing at a game etc it just seems like we're off the high right
1: well I feel like the Current announcements with what Wizards is doing next year for Commander will make that sort of get, sort of get popped back into place. But
0: what's, I don't know. What's that? I, I'm
1: not. I'm not a Commander expert. I just. I feel like there's much more, much more of an effect on the market from Commander rather than Legacy. Like people in Legacy are like, oh, I'm gonna sell out, and it's just not gonna change much
0: yeah i i do think that like these cards are so insulated whether it's from commander whether it's from collectors whether it's from legacy vintage players which is a terribly small percent old school players like there's enough people or just like you know hobbyists enthusiasts people trying to recreate their childhood like being able to just pull these cards out and look at them means something to me and like i i do care about the value of cards like i you know if if i think a card's gonna drop precipitously or get reprinted or whatever i do sell it like it's not like i'm totally disengaged with the market in that regard but if if the price of my whole collection dropped 50 percent, it's not like i would you know be filled with some sort of horrible regret about owning these cards like the cards that i own right now i I just want to own you know
1: yeah i agree with you and i mean like uh it's a tough spot to be in right now right like you want to own the cards but they have this real life value attached and i mean eventually is the bottom going to fall out
0: (sighs) eventually yes i think I think absolutely on a long enough time frame because I think it's us, right? It's the kids who we we played when we were kids, and we we have these emotional attachments to these cards. And now we have a bunch of disposable income, and that's why these prices shot up the way that they did. You know, there was there was promotion, there was like you know the SDG tour, like we've been talking about, and various events and reasons why people bought in. But I think that the core demand was really you know, players coming back to the game and, you know, that's the, the kids that are coming up right now, aren't going to have those emotional attachments to those cards. There's another,
1: not not the cards that we have. Right. And the cards that they grew up with are going to have like, like massive amounts of printings. Right. And they're going to get reprinted. But when, when does it end with us? Like how long does it take? our group that we grew up with playing in middle school with with these old cards to realize that like you know what this isn't for me anymore i, I have think, more important things to do
0: i don't think we're ever going to see 500 revised underground scene anymore like ever again really yeah that, that's my read
1: you think that it's just like it's peaked it's over that's it
0: yeah, it it'll, it'll might go up and down, but I think it'll be within the band that it's in right now, like 300 and 400 or whatever. And you know, it could even slide off that, I think. And and eventually it certainly will slide off that. But I I think that, you know, it's it's we're off that that peak nostalgia high right now. And yeah, people are having kids, people don't have time to play. People, you know, are conscious of the value of their collection and selling out because they, they fearing that this is going to happen. So I don't know, man, I think that, I think that we're just off the highs and we're just going to stay, you know, sort of cruising. sort slowly going down, I'd say.
1: Okay. So what else we got on the, on the menu tonight?
0: Well, so there was one thing. Give me a second, because we were just talking about this and it popped into my head is something I wanted to discuss. But hold on. We're talking about the reserve list. The car prices are drifting down. But yeah, basically I mean I I just I want to play this format because I want to play this format and I enjoy the people that play this format. You know, hanging out, doing our own thing and yep. just fuck everybody else, right? I I agree with that. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I got nothing. You, you got something else? All right, real quick. Sixth place in the Legacy Challenge, Bant Stoneblade.
1: Ah, uh, no. Are we talking about Bant Snow?
0: Bant Gooseblade.
1: Bant, ah. Uh, blah.
0: Mikal, Musial, 6th place in the challenge with 4 Goose, 3 True Name, 3 Stoneforge Mystic, 2 Oko, 1 Jace. Fucking A, man. Stoneblade back on the menu.
1: So, I like the idea of going back to Geist against Combo again, but how bad does Geist feel against Rug? Like, you play your Geist of St. Traft and they play a Tarmogoyf. Or they play a Tarmogoyf and then you ramp out your Geist of St. Traft a turn earlier and it just gets brickwalled.
0: Yeah, sorry. Th- so this list is not the Geist list. The Geist list we saw last week.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Is this the Ice Fang Caudle? No, like, this is... the value...
0: No, it's four Goose. Gilded Goose. Four Goose, three stone, Stoneforge, three True Name, three, two Nether Reliquary. Oh, okay. And then the spells that we used to play with two force negation and uh one Savine's Reclamation.
1: Hmm. Back in the day.
0: Yep. So I, I did think that this was cool just to see this list, topic of the challenge. I want to bring it up real quick. But yeah, that's about all we have, man. And I just wanted to say, you know, it's it's cool when these uh You know, these events are happening and we have coverage and everything like There's a lot. There's a lot of positive aspects of this community, but I I just don't think that begging, you know, companies to cater to you is cool.
1: Yep. You got to do it yourself. So if you want legacy to happen, pull new people into the format, run some proxy events, have people over your house to test. and just enjoy playing the card game with other people. And you don't have to be at a big tournament hall where you need to pay $7 for a shitty cheeseburger to make that matter, right? Like, you can do it on your own terms, and I think that's what everybody needs to understand.
0: Yeah, man, we all started playing. Nobody started playing, or most people didn't start playing to, to play at a Grand Prix or whatever. There were big, There were little tournaments that meant a lot to us back in the day you know
1: remember metagaming for fnm
0: yeah dude i mean it
1: just it it absolutely happens
0: yeah like you create your own meaning to you ascribe your own meaning to these things and you know maybe we end up with like local circuits like loosely associated circuits or whatever maybe you know whatever this looks like in the future i'm gonna be a part of it That that's all that i know
1: yeah i can't wait for it
0: i want to shout out real quick this dude, William Godsey, he was at uh, S- uh, Game Center when I was there this weekend, and he gave me a sick food token that he made on a 3D printer. So, yeah, um, he
1: gave he gave that to me after I gave him a pack for beating me at the last League of the Open.
0: Oh, sweet. So you have one of these, too? I got one of them, too. Very nice, man. And, yeah, uh, our boy Tom Cairns, 5-0'd again with that snow deck. And that's that's about all I have, man. If people want to find you on Twitter to explain to you why you're wrong about the reserve list, I can do that.
1: Uh, you can tweet us at Ian eighteen one twenty five. Make sure all of your comments go directly to him, um, <laughs> especially on the reserve list.
0: Yeah, dude, I'm I'm ready to battle. Uh, at Ian eighteen one something. Uh, you can email. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm pretty drunk. You can email the cast deadformatcast at gmail dot com. Deadformatcast on Twitter. Holla at your boys. That's a wrap.